Good day and welcome back to the Half-Baked Podcast. Today I want to talk about clutter and maybe less about clutter and more about cleanliness. I mean, I get it. I love this idea of um, taking control of your life through utilizing small acts, easily accessible acts that you can perform in your day to help you reach a certain mindset, to feel a sense of control. Like say, making your bed in the morning, first thing as a way to start your day, right? Creating this sort of ceremony of how your day will be. You know, when there's clutter in your house and how that can make you feel and donating things and organizing things and so on. And obviously there's a lot of value in this, right? You do wanna be hygienic, you wanna take after yourself, you want to be a good example to the people around you. And of course, there is an aspect as well as when people come into your house, you want them to be pleased. You want them to feel good in the space. You want you want people to come in and think, wow, what a nice home. Oh my goodness, how responsible, mature, how clean. You know, you want people to think positive things of you. And by having a clean house, you get that, right? Like. I feel like it can almost become enabling where it's like people need the things in their house and in their space to be a certain way, to be able to function and to be at peace. And I'm all for ceremonies. I love creating ceremonies around things to help ease anxiety and, um, you know, to help you find your groove in new spaces, to prepare yourself for the day, to make sure that you can feel competent with what's going on around you and what's required of you. Like, absolutely. It's right. I don't want to be writing it off as if there aren't good, good things about this, but I just feel that maybe it's not talked about enough or that I can see in my life around me how those things can become very stringent, where then if someone isn't like that or they don't abide by those beautiful ceremonies, they are thought less of because they don't. Rather than, oh, this person maybe can find home in a situation that is messy and the beauty in that, it's, oh, wow, they're they're not very hygienic, hey? They're not clean. Or, wow, they don't care about their things or um, being irresponsible or whatever else it might be. And, I mean, there can be a lot of situations surrounding that too that can maybe make that correct, but I don't think that having a cluttered house is... It doesn't have to be directly related to that. When I went into school for interior design, I remember reading in textbooks about how, right, when you have a given space, you should not be just designing the space how you want or how you think it's needed or so on and so on. It's the like first question, a primary question, a primary answer to find is how is the space actually used? Not how do you want it to be used, what do you want it to look like, and so on, but what are the paths that are used in this room? Where do people walk most often? What is the first place you you see when you walk into the room? What sort of activities do people do in this room, and what sort of furniture or lack thereof? And I think the bigger point is utility right? Finding use in the space and in the things in the space. And I think that that oftentimes gets completely disconnected from this idea of organization and taking care to take care of the surroundings around you. Um, But I think without that aspect, it really just doesn't have, uh, I don't want to say it doesn't have value, but the value that it does have is greatly undermined, in my opinion. And a question that I personally have 
I guess my concern, my concern is how often or at what point does this cleanliness and decluttering or organizing, I guess my question is that I would want people to ask themselves is, do you find it easier to control the external world and your surroundings than it is to control you yourself internally? Are you relying on your surroundings being a specific way and therefore everyone else around them, around you and in your spaces as well to fall in line with your needs and your preferences so that you can feel a sense of calm and peace in your day? Because that can take a heavy, heavy strain on the people around you. When you dictate a space And then you expect everyone to act in line with that. And if they don't, they're being disrespectful because you take the effort to clean it and organize it and think these things through. And because people aren't honoring your personal and internal process, they're being disrespectful of you for taking the time to do the cleaning that they're not doing. And mind you, of course, this, this, I'm not trying to say that this isn't valid because absolutely, you know, there are people who aren't as cleanly, cleanly as other people who, um, because the mess doesn't bother them, they aren't moved to clean as quickly as other people because it doesn't bother them. But I mean, of course, there can be pros and cons on both sides here because I'm definitely that person. I mean, having a kid, that's definitely, I've let go a lot. Because for my peace of mind, keeping things clean and organized doesn't do that for me. It oftentimes doesn't give me peace of mind because I refuse to spend my life cleaning and organizing and this and this and this just for my seven-year-old to (laughs) I'm imagining the Tasmanian devil right to just like rip through the house and do this and do that and whatever and make a huge mess and then get mad at him and I feel like when I at first who I was when I first became a parent I could have been that parent who got angry and was minimizing I I've changed and I'm so grateful for this honestly having my son and changing in this way I am so so grateful because I'm a much happier person because I'm less obsessed with keeping my house clean and tidy because we use our space. Our space, our house isn't just a shell in which is meant to look a certain way as if my house is my mind externalized. It's in an external tangible form. No, not at all. It is a shared, it is a community space, right? Like when my son brings art projects home, I want them to go on the shelf in the living room. When he's building a tower, you bet your ass it can be in the living room. Right? Like, here's an example. The other day, I was in the kitchen making supper, and he was using the recycling. We have a huge bin of recycling. So he's taking out the plastic and this and that. He loves to play with, like, the cardboard, um, like the paper towel rolls and, you know, build swords or to draw Among Us characters on them or whatever. And I love it. Right, like he has a box, like he has a bin that's equal to our recycling bin, the same size in his closet of toys he doesn't fucking play with because he'd rather create his toys with recycling, you know? But my point being that he's, he follows me into the kitchen and is playing and I turn around from the stove and I'm like, dude, your toys are all over the kitchen floor. You're relying on the kitchen floor. Like, I'm using this space right now. It's not, this isn't where you play, tisk, tisk, tisk. It's, dude, I'm going to walk on top of you. What are you doing? Like... So we talked, where can you do this right now? It's like, okay, well, what if I move over here? It's like, well, you know, my partner, he's going to be home soon, buddy. That's a hallway. He's going to walk down there. What if you do right here, right? It's again, the spaces. You you bet you can play on the floor. You can be in the community area of the kitchen and the living room because you want to be, you don't want to be isolated in your room. You want to play. You want to engage. You want to invite me and have me witness your games. Awesome. So where can we do this? Where it works for both of us? It's like, okay, well, you build your tower or whatever you're doing. 
in this area of the living room. So you're still close to us and you can still take up space on the floor, but no one's, you're not in anyone's way as they try and walk. So is it easier to ex control the external world than the internal? I think that that was a question that I really had to ask myself when he was a baby and when he was a toddler. Uh, and just re recently, it was over a year ago now, if I'm remembering correctly, but I wrote something to myself about how it's great that I've let go and I've let um, him take up space and I allow him the house to be his too, not just his room, but the house is also his too. But what I noted was that I support and I understand why in infancy, right, <laughs> toddlerhood, why you had to let go because they're crazy. Like, I don't know, man, they're just wild at that age. They're so like uncontrollable. I feel like they have so, so many toys. I feel like when they become like children, when they're past being toddlers, the toy, the toy game, man, it's just, it's a, it's a different game. It's a different game because when they're toddlers, it's like all toys are specific to a certain couple months or a year or something. And there's just so many toys and right. They're learning toys, like specifically learning toys. Like, Oh, here, this is teaching you how to walk. This one's teaching you like through song, how to do this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's an activity table. There are things that take up this massive space. So I had to let go. Like I had to completely let go and just be like, all right, you know, like you're a grown up who also has your own passions that you want to have time for and space that you take up with your studies and stuff like that. He is too. You're just going to have to let it go, right? Like you have, you're in school, you have to study, you have practicum and on and on and on. And then you also have your kid, like you cannot take time. You, you need to study, you know, it's studying is more important than cleaning the house. So there was this breaking point where I just had to give up and I really let go. And what I was noting in the, the letter that I wrote to myself was that he is no longer a toddler. And you now have to reinstate some of those boundaries and practices because he needs a better example of how to take after himself and how to take after his space. Absolutely, because there's value in that, right? And that was just such a wonderful thing because, right, I felt more controlling and then I completely let go, which I feel like was a part of the process. The completely letting go of what my standards previously were, were pivotal to where I am I am now and where I am going because I'm older and I'm doing it more consciously. Now this question is coming off as, okay, what is the best way to do this? What ways are actually benefiting me in my life and the people around me? And what's just being controlling, right? What is needless? Because from my personal experience and from witnessing people close to me that I love, it's like I see them cleaning thoroughly all the time. After everything, washing all the dishes as soon as they're sitting there, wiping down those counters. Oh, then using like cleaner, right? And spraying the counters and wiping them down and sweeping and mopping and doing this and doing that and reorganizing that. And you have to fold that blanket and you have to put it away. And those pillows don't belong there. And your toys go back to your room. And, and it's just, it can be never ending. So where are you going to draw the line? Because do you really want to spend your entire life just cleaning up after yourself and your family? Is that enough value for you in your life, right? Because I find that if you do that, you can become prone to then just sitting in your clean space. You don't want to use it and you don't want to make a mess of it because you spent so much time cleaning it that it's an act of respect to not make a mess. So you just sit in your clean room and you appreciate the cleanliness, but you're not living in it. And that's really where I'm coming from is that my house and my space they are meant to be lived in and not just for me, but for the people around me as well. So when things are getting cluttered or messy to me, that indicates, yes, people are using things. They have ideas. They're interacting with the objects we have. They're not just there to be pretty and sit and be clean and 
only used at certain times and only to be organized at certain angles and, you know, to sat to be sat on in this way or so on, I feel proud when I can look around my house and see, oh, look at this stuff that we have. And of course, there's that line, right, where it's like, what is clutter? What are things that you have that you don't use? What are you just collecting, right? I almost feel like there's like a low grade hoarder lifestyle or you might not be technically a hoarder and it might not be to the point that it's like really really bad for your health or anything but I do feel like it's quite normalized to just hoard objects but then we enshrine these objects and we have to clean them and put them in certain places and blah 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 when they don't add to our lives at all and I do think that that is worth examining. I love looking around my house and seeing these books have moved. Someone was looking at them. Someone was referencing them. You know, there's a big bag of like um, stuffing for um, pillows and stuffies and stuff in my living room. But to me, it's like, yes, we bought that. The bag's open. Henry likes to play. My son likes to play with it. And I'm using it for this project and this project. And it's sitting there in the corner on a piece of floor that nothing else would be on anyway. I can walk by that thing and I can look at it daily. It's already been sitting there for at least a month, if not longer. I am not upset. It does not ruffle my feathers. I still am in a peaceful state of mind and I feel at home in my home, even with those needless objects or maybe it doesn't belong there. It needs to go somewhere else. You know, and if I had more closet space, it probably would go in a closet. But then you can also come to this head where out of sight, out of mind, right? So often when you have things and you have good intentions for things, if you put them away where you don't see them, they do not get used. So it's sitting there in my living room as a reminder and I'm, I'm standing in a place where it doesn't drive me crazy and make me uncomfortable to have this thing taking up physical space around me. But it's not just pouring out all over the floor either, right? It's there, I witness it and it reminds me of the project and I know that I will get that done but if I didn't buy that, and if I couldn't make peace with this thing sitting in my living room, I would never get to create the project that I'm creating with it. So to me, it's beautiful when I see that taking up space. My partner plays disc golf. So he has a basket that's in the house. And it's again, against the living room wall, but it's not where we walk. It's not somewhere we sit. It's not in the way of seeing the TV. It's not, it's not a problem. It's there because it's something that he does in his life that brings him joy. It's something that when I hear the like clinging of the basket, that he's utilizing the space, he's practicing a skill, he's doing something that brings him joy, and that makes me happy. My son has a small box of Lego, but his room is really small, so he doesn't put it in there, and he doesn't put it on his desk because he has papers and stuff that he's working on in drawings, and you know the toilet paper rolls that he's you know doing stuff with are on his desk, so it's in this box beside the island between the kitchen and the living room. And that is its space. That is where it belongs. And because it's out in sight, it's on his mind and he will play with it. To me, having things in my house, right? Again, things that are used, things that have a purpose, absolutely. It makes me know that we are engaging with life, that we're creating things, that we're engaging and that we're, we're not writing ourselves off. We're not saying, nope, this, I won't use it. Nope, I don't need this. Nope, I haven't used this in two weeks. So I'm going to get rid of it, even though I'm going to regret it because I'm going to need it in a month. So often you'll hear people say, oh, don't mind the mess. Or I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know where it comes from. You know, I can just be so disorganized as if they are speaking up before you have a chance to criticize them for it. 
And A, my thing is, why would you criticize them for it? If you don't like it, get out of their house. B, a lot of times the criticism that you may have, that you may say, actually doesn't come. It's not like they have dirty diapers sitting all over their house. You know, a drink that was poured on the floor that's not cleaned up. Like, you know, it's not dirty. They literally just have things that aren't organized. So how much are you being, you know, is there a stick up your ass? Like, are you criticizing someone just because their house doesn't look how you would prefer it to look when you go into it, even though it's not dirty, it's not unhealthy. Those are the kind of situations that I'm in where I'm like instantly in a pep talk mode. Like, don't talk about yourself like that. You're living your life. You tell me about this stuff. Why is this here? How are you using it? That's awesome. I'm really jumping back and forth here, but I'm coming back to that that thing of like, oh, well, I haven't used it in a while. Just might as well get rid of it. Because I feel that a lot of times shame comes up when you take that chance and you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to buy that journal. I'm going to buy that kit. I'm going to splurge and I'm going to buy this sort of tool or whatever. It's such a huge deal to even get yourself to the point where you enact that ceremony and you make that initial commitment to something that when it comes into your house or you have a key to a storage unit or whatever and you have this reminder that like I'm not doing what I envisioned for it and then you get shamed like you shame yourself then you don't let yourself imagine what you could be doing with it so then you're even less likely to do anything with it you just shut, shut yourself down so fast right and that's the same thing people can do when they have something in their house And they can be like, well, I'm going to get rid of it. I haven't used it in a month anyway. I can't believe I got that. Like, why did I think I was going to do anything with it? Like, do you know how many things I have in my house, whether it's stored beside my desk or in a binder or on my computer or whatever, of being like, fuck, this is cool. I like to do this sometime. Things that I've had for a year or two. Like I said, that big bag of stuffing I've had at least a month, if not longer. It's probably been longer, to be honest. But But I just don't shame myself over that shit. It's not like, well, you haven't done anything. There it is, still sitting there and you're not using it. You might as well get rid of it. It can be so hard to commit to yourself, to invest in yourself and buy something for an idea that you have as it is. And then if you have the shame and you won't let yourself face it and then out of shame or anger or whatever, or someone else is complaining, you get rid of this thing. It is all the more work to recommit to yourself again and rebuy the thing. And I think that should weigh really heavily because you do this brave thing and commit to this thing that takes up time, space, energy, whatever, that is gonna be seen. That even if you're not witnessed in the creation process, that this um, object is there almost as like an award, only it's not something to be proud of, it's something to be ashamed of, you know what I mean? And it's too hard to look at because it reminds you of what you didn't do. Interacting with life, I think requires a mess. It requires space and time to germinate. And if you jump on yourself like, well, fuck, I had this idea and I didn't enact it. So now I'm just going to shut myself down and get rid of the supplies for it. Then you really will never get it done. But if you can just hold on to it, right? Okay, maybe whatever you have is in a space where it is in the way. That's fair. But instead of just shaming or letting someone shame you for it, when you see something examine it like where could it be better could I store it is there a way I can restore it so it takes up less space and I love this idea that you can you can ideate there's an in-between phase it's not you have it and you do something with it or you don't do something with it and therefore you get rid of it it's okay you can be creative about the way that you store it and the way you interact with your space around you you know what I mean can I put it here okay well that's going to get in the way but it's not going to get in the way as much as it would over here 
but at this time of the year, maybe we use this spot more. So then maybe I can put it over here. It won't be in anyone's way. And isn't it funny how you can have something that you can store up nice and tight. Say you can put it underneath a chair or behind a chair or something like a chair that just sits there that people sometimes use or something. And that other people in the house can become so uptight about this small thing that's neatly stored away simply because it's not theirs or they didn't put it there or whatever. Like, I really, really think a lot of this comes down to being controlling about your space and you can utilize your space absolutely and you can want to clean it. And I, I do, I love the idea of this ceremony and taking care of your space. It's so beautiful, but you really just, even that can be versatile as well. The cleanliness and organization, you can play with that creatively, creatively as well. Ideate on how is it best? What ways can I clean that give me the most reward? Which things can I clean that stay the same the longest? If I feel unappreciated by my cleaning and other people not or not appreciating the work that I put in, can we set up a, a time or day where we all do this or we all do our share? At what point is my cleaning helpful and what point does it not? Because even in the act of cleaning something, I bet you a starting that and getting a certain amount of clean can give you that... Um, that positive feeling but then is there a point where you should be like I should stop now I'm getting almost aggressive in this I'm becoming too perfectionist because I'm cleaning away this and this and this all that's left are these tiny things and I'm trying to control them and yet I still can't reflecting on this decluttering and how when does it become a bad thing when do I need to reassess cleanliness or a need for organization I think should not take a toll on your relationships. And of course that works both ways as well. If you're someone who's very, very um, cluttered or perhaps unclean, right? That should not be to the point where it's taking a toll on your relationships. <laughs> yeah, talking about my pep, my um, pep talk mode and people being like, oh, I don't know why I'm like this. Like, I don't know, cutting themselves short due to how they think other people will feel about their clutter or something. There are many, many reasons that you can be cluttered, right? That other people may accept, which really when it comes down to it, it's really not about their acceptance, but right, you can be busy and have a lot going on, right? Which was my example when my son was a toddler and I was in school, right? Kids, right? Kids can be a reason. If you have a business that you're running or a job in general or relationships or whatever, a lack of time, right? Like if you don't live alone, right? It can be the people in your house and how you live differently, it can be depression, perhaps. But I want to say that it doesn't really matter. Um, like at a certain point, you don't have to find excuses as to why your house doesn't look perfect or isn't up to someone else's standards or whatever, like why you're not decluttered enough. I just don't think, I think that's crossing a boundary. Like you don't have to answer to anyone. People don't have to be approving of it. If it bothers them, they don't need to come to your house. If they can't accept it, you know, I think that's a bigger reflection on them, their inability to accept clutter. Yeah, I guess I want to propose this idea that it's not just decluttering and being organized and cleaning is great and healthy and that it um, can serve a greater purpose for your mental state and so on. I don't want to just have it be that and that if you're not that it's a fault that's my point here is that you do not have to view it as a fault you do not have to make um you know excuses so that people don't judge you as harshly for this fault 
because a lot of beauty can come from this, like I said, acknowledging your space. How do you live? Because no one else lives in your house. So fuck them and what they think of you and your space and, you know, how you and other people in your house co-create your space. It's not theirs. They don't have to come to your house. This is your sanctuary. How do you live? What are your values? How do you want to take up space? And how do you want to engage with life? Because how you interact with your space and how you utilize it, not just how you I was thinking utilize or de-utilize, but that's not, I mean, maybe that kind of works. Because you can view the clutter as you adding things to your life. In my, in my, li my son calls it the library, it's the office, but we have a bookshelf that's full of books, but we have too many books and they don't fill on the sh fit on the sh bookshelf. So we have almost like a little ring, like a skirt, basically, around the bookshelf. And I can imagine that many people would feel that that's clutter. Like, I think my sister was over one. She's just thinking, oh, you'll have to get another bookshelf. It's like, yeah, eventually, obviously. But at the same time, it's like, we don't have the space. And we're not, we're not looking for that answer. Like, to, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else in my house, but I mean, it's been like that forever and no one said anything, eh? Because it literally does not get in our way. It's where they belong. It's part of the space. I have a chair beside my desk that has binders on that I'm currently working on. The top one, that's something I am using as reference for the course that I'm designing for yoga. Um, the one underneath that is one I'm referring to to help me build my screenplay. The one underneath, again, is for my yoga course, right? I have a purse beside me that has a couple books in it because they're current reads. On the floor beside my desk, I have, <clears throat> besides my laptop bag, I also have a, a work journal kind of thing. So it, it's a basically a journal that I have to write notes on whatever course I'm doing. Below that, I have the Save the Cat book. This is a book, again, that I'm using to refer to when I'm writing screenplays. Below that, I have a current read that I could put in my purse. I also below that have another book that I recently bought that should probably go on the bookshelf or on the skirt of the bookshelf because I'm not reading it right now. It's just sitting there. On top, I also have another workbook that is basically completed that once they're completed, I go through and see what I need to keep and what I want to preserve, what I need to rip out and put in an envelope for future use or that I want to place in a journal book or that I like, sorry, a quote book or whatever so that I can take this book that I no longer that I've been using for years and that has taken up space along with my other journals for years. I no longer need now so I can get rid of it. Right. People would say this stuff is clutter, but to me, these are things that I'm using. I have ideas and projects related to them. And these things don't need to be worked on every day to count. They still count, right? My processes, my projects, your projects, whatever they are, I think it'd be such a good blurt to think I am still committed to this thing, even if I don't work on it every day. Rather than always jumping to, well, oh my God, I haven't worked on it in a month. I feel shame. I'm going to turn away and get rid of it. So I don't have to acknowledge that I feel that I've failed or I've let myself down. You can say, I am still committed to this, even though I haven't worked on it in a month. Honestly, look, why haven't you not worked on it in a month? I haven't prioritized it. Or, well, this thing's been going on, so shit's been busy. Or I picked up these other projects that I feel more passionate about right now that will get done quicker, that I want to prioritize because I will get a monetary return for them, whatever, right? You don't have to make excuses, but you can just look at the facts and then acknowledge it as it is, right? And I really just want to say that having things appear to be organized is overrated. Organization is not overrated. Organization is great. But being obsessed or heavily reliant on organization, needing your space to appear organized is overrated. Needing things to be organized to function can be a problem. Because our homes are 
hours, right? We are not machines. Our house is not a machine that we have to perfect. And then people have to behave to an order of operation to use it or be shamed out of the way that they're using it. Like we should not be slaves to our house. I think it is dangerous. I don't think it's healthy. And I think it's disrespectful to the people around you to almost construct a proper usage for your house or a certain room or something. And then force other people to abide by it, right? Like that's very not human. I prefer the the perspective to say, I want to use my space. How can I best use my space? Because organization will come into play with that. Of course it will. The space that I have, that I've been gifted with, that I have a privilege to have access to is meant to be used, to be filled and taken advantage of. And I want to put that in a positive light, not taking advantage of something or someone else, not taking from them, not being selfish, not um, taking something away from someone, but in a positive sense, like you have this thing around you to use. This is a privilege and you should utilize that privilege because you have it. You know what I mean? Like to the best of your ability, take advantage of what you have, use it to your advantage, use it to the most best and most personal right, to build your life. I find that being in a physical space that is clean and like, especially if it's like really clean, I find that really intimidating because it feels very fragile. Like it's not meant to be used. It reminds me of being in a museum where they have like the, the ropes or whatever over certain areas to be like, you're, do not go into this room. You're not meant to walk into it or use these stairs. You just look or don't sit on this furniture. And when a house is incredibly clean, it's like anything you do, any use you make of the room is blaringly obvious because it's so untouched that it feels like if you sit in that chair in a museum and it breaks or something like that's how it feels to me. It just feels very fragile, like it is meant to be preserved. And that is just not how I view life. I do not believe that life is meant to be preserved. I believe that it is meant to be lived like just voraciously. Our houses are not museums. They are avenues to build a life, to create a life. They are our safe spaces, yes. And obviously organization and cleanliness will be a part of that. But that, again, not, not all of it. There are safe spaces that we can play with. We can play with our sense of security in them, not preserve our sense of security. We act as though the ultimate goal in life is to keep things clean. And maybe that's not the intention, but I think that it becomes like that a lot. And I think any, anyone and everyone could benefit from looking in their, themselves in their own lives and seeing how that comes into play, that we act as though keeping things clean or cleaning things or having clean things is the goal. It's merely an aspect of a, you know, a much bigger existence and it does not take precedence over other aspects or other things. So I guess I'll leave you with the idea that um, regardless of who you are and your idea, whether it be, you know, yeah, your, your theory on this or how you actually practice it in your life, I would love it if you would take this idea and ask yourself, how can I play in my house? How can I make my house more playful? How can I play with my house? How can I play with my things? How can I use my space? How can I use the space I've been given? Not preserve it, not enshrine it, but make it work for me or the people in my house. 
your home can be used as a medium or an instrument to build a better life or to create a life. You know, it's there to give you agency and power, not to take it away. <laughs>